Hey now, it's the Mike and JD show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Aliba. How are you doing, JD? I've been better. How about <laughs> yeah. you? Dude, how did we both have like really crappy weeks like at the same time? You notice how like when women are friends, sometimes their menstrual cycles tend to sync up for whatever reason. Going there, you right? And away, I huh? just, mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I just had like really shitty weeks both at the same time. It's crazy. So we both had some shit we had to take care of yesterday, so we couldn't take care of the show. But uh, mm-hmm. we're doing it here on a Friday night, man, and all, all is well in the world. If you notice, I'm dark. I was telling you before, not like AEW dark. I didn't get canceled. Um, <laughs> I'm not Dangor. Um, I'm dark like here because I forgot my... <laughs> I couldn't help it. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm dark because I forgot we bought a new piece of equipment. Uh, we bought ourselves a wireless HDMI transmitter for the school because we had these big old jumbotrons in our gym and our football field, right? But you got to like tether HDMI cable. So I bought this wireless HDMI thing, uh, converter that's specifically for cameras, and it runs up the same batteries as my light. And I didn't go to – I left them at school because I was like, oh, I'll just pick them up tomorrow when I go to work. And I didn't go to work today because at three at 4.30 in the morning, my dog threw up on the floor, you know, Astro. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get up and clean up my dog vomit. And then I turned on the light. It was a lot of vomit, too. And I turned on the light, and he's rubbing his face against the headboard of my bed. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then he hits the floor and starts convulsing. Ooh. And I'm like, holy shit, my dog's having a seizure. So I woke, I get my wife, like, Michelle, Michelle, Astro's having a seizure. And she runs in. She's like, I think he's choking. She takes off the collar on. I'm like, oh, maybe he was just choking. And no, he he kept going. And like mm-hmm. his legs were just like twitching. And for a moment, oh my God, like this is it. This dog is 15 months old and he's going to go right now in front of us. And then he calmed down and his eyes were super dilated. And he was, you know, burying his teeth, which is weird behavior for him because this dog's like a cartoon character most of the time. And then he crawled behind our bed and just hit for like 20, 25 minutes. Wow. And then he popped out and was like, hey, what's going on? Hi, how's it going? <laughs> like he was back to normal. So we yeah. were trying to get a hold of vets and like our vets like, ah, you know, it's the first time. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Let's monitor him. And we're like, yeah, um, I don't know. And we called a couple different vets and they were like, ah, it's fine. But my because my wife is smarter than me and got insurance on the dog. Ooh. So we had like a 24 hour. Yeah, we got pet insurance. That's yeah. the thing. No, that's that's uh, genius. It was. My wife is smart. Um so we got uh, 24-hour support. So she calls him, and the vet on that's like, yeah, take him to an emergency vet. So I drop Bandy off at school, and then we t- I take the day off school. I call in work, and um, we drive Astro to the emergency vet, and they did all kinds of tests and stuff on him. And the, the lady, the, the doctor's like, um, I don't think this is epilepsy because he wasn't drooling. And usually they don't throw up before epilepsy. He's like, let's talk about changes. Well, my wife had the lawn chemically treated yesterday. Yeah. And she told like – Usually they don't spray in the kennel because we got, you know, we got almost an acre and we have like a, mm-hmm. you know, section like uh, uh, kenneled off for him. But we think what happened because he had all kinds of grass in his vomit. So we think he just, you know, ate some treated grass. And I'm like, well, I ain't hiring these people again. I'm like, I'll just go yeah. out there and <clears throat> spray the damn dandelions myself. I don't want to deal with this. So he's OK. He's lying down next to me right now. So, uh, yeah, that was my day today. Wednesday, I found out my dad's got spine cancer. So it's been like, fuck. it's been like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, what the hell? This sucks. But we're, yeah. but everyone's alive right now. So it's, it could be, it could be so much worse. Hey, I'm not Vice Media. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, well, we're actually going to get into Vice. They're on our, they're on our list of topics. Um, 
Yeah. So man, dude. So my my week starts out on Monday night. Um, my I got my daughter was sick on Sunday. So Saturday we do the Diamond Head hike. Diamond Head is like one of the prettiest hikes in all of Hawaii. We do the hike. It's like two. It's it's like two miles round trip. Not that hard. We go all the way to the top. There's an old World War II bunker up there. It's really beautiful. You get to see the whole island. Yada yada. So, but then the next day she starts, you know, feeling a little bit sick. Sunday night she's miserable. Monday she's sick all day. We don't take her to school, and she starts to develop pink eye, and she has pink eye in her right eye, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And so we take her to urgent care on Monday night, and the the doctor there says, well, that's not pink eye. That's just just a viral infection. And we're like, but her eye is pink and it's got pus all around it. How could it be anything other than pink eye? And so we talked them into giving her some antibiotic drops and yada, yada, yada. So she gets the drops and then the next couple of days are pretty bad, but she's doing great right now. Well, turns out she had COVID. and there's, That's the new thing. There's a strand of COVID that causes a pink eye type of deal, right? Mm-hmm. We're giving my wife COVID. So my wife has COVID now. Wednesday night, she's miserable. Yesterday, she's miserable. Um, uh, she's actually doing a lot better today. So thank God I tested negative, which means I'm going to test positive on Sunday. Cause that's how this stuff works. That's how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll probably have the week off of work next week. Maybe I'll kick out some more content, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's just been a tough week for both of us. You know, I, I'd be curious for Astro's sake as a guy who is a chemical safety professional, uh, what chemicals they use to treat the grass. And if there were nerve agents in there, because, uh, I do know that some, uh, you know, pesticides and stuff like that have uh, nerve agents in them, and some grass killers like herbicides and stuff like that. Not really nerve agent like, but they they kind of have similar effects. And so, I'd just be curious to say exactly what they treated the grass with. Well, I hired people, so I don't even know. I know there's a sign that yeah. says "stay off the lawn." Like they said, yeah. that's what the weird thing was. They said no one on the lawn for two hours, and no one touched the lawn for like f- at least three to four. So we right. went double, and Andy and I played soccer in the backyard, and um, you know we're fine. I didn't even know she had it done until she told me this morning. Um, you know, wife chooses when you know she she makes those decisions. I make no decisions in the house. Um, <laughs> I have no better that way. Oh, one hundred percent. I have no authority. <laughs> no one wants me in charge of anything. I'm a really good assistant coach. I was not yeah. a great head coach. Um, <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I'm going to look into that because that's pretty much. What they didn't come out and say, well, it's probably the lawn stuff, but it's literally the only thing that it could have been that's been different. Well, so so some of those chemicals, they have the nerve agents in it, right? There's one called malathion Mm -hmm. that I know for a fact is a cholinesterase inhibitor, which causes, you know, seizures and all that stuff. And so not to get too technical in it, um, it it's it's pretty bad stuff. And uh, Astro, thank God he made it out because that could have been way worse. Oh, do you know how terrible I feel right now? Like, because we yeah. have fucking dandelions? I, I just told my wife, I said, no, we're done. Like, I'll go take 10 minutes out. I'll take an hour, like an hour, out of my day every now and then and just go spray dandelions. Like, it's, yeah. it's the, the alternative is far worse. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, man, we got a lot to talk about. Um, so today we got uh, a bunch of, bunch of news. AEW is just crushing it right now. Uh, we're we're going to get into the AEW Wembley talk and how many tickets they're selling. Then the number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Every time I check Twitter, Tony Khan is all over Twitter talking about it. Um, WWE has got some cool news coming up. They got big show happening in um, Puerto Rico this weekend. CM Punk over the weekend. Was it Impact Wrestling? Playing Uno. 
playing Uno, um, not not signing unless he was signing autographs, which could have very well been uh, been the case. But uh, um, he got uh, Impact fans all in an uproar, which is kind of funny. Hopefully, um, he loses better at Uno than my kid does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my kid too, man. She will just start throwing a tantrum. Oh, he um, was pissed. He's like, you cheated. Because yeah. I Uno, I nailed him. I Unoed him. He was gonna win, and he didn't say he had one card. I got him. I said Uno, and he looked at me like he was going to kill me right then and there. Seven year old. I said, pick up four cards, dude. Yeah. And then I won, and he got mad. <laughs> draw four, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, draw four. Um, Chump. But hey, I I want to I want to we're we're wait we're actually waiting for Justin Nipper to to. We're killing time. We're killing time yeah. in case you can't tell. Uh, so. Before, while we're waiting on Justin, um, I want to get into uh, get into a topic real quick. So Vice Media was filing for bankruptcy. It looks like they're being bought out of bankruptcy court by the by their the guys that had they were their biggest financial backers. One of which is George Soros. He's the well, big Democratic gonna, finance that's guy. That's going to go real well for some people. Oh yeah, Republicans are pissed calling it <laughs> calling it an outrage. That, but I was like, guys, he already kind of was backing it the whole time, so it makes sense. He's just waiting for it mm-hmm. to go cheaper. So, um, Louis Dangor, Louis Dangor is his oh, kid. We're, out of we're gonna do this uh, right the, now. We're just gonna do it right now, and All then right. Justin can can weigh in when he comes in. Um, he's this kid out of the UK that made a name for himself because he got brought on by Russell Talk. Russell Talk has a popular YouTube channel out of the UK. And then after that, he started getting, you know, little spot segments and stuff with Fightful on their YouTube channel. They were all over social media, all of, you know, buddy, buddy. Um, And it turns out this guy, we'll we'll get into a lot of news about him, but I'm going to set the table. So we called this guy a fraud, uh, I would say a year ago, like right from the jump. Mm -hmm. He was just, he was just a kind of a WWE troll that just so happened. Uh, and Justin, I see in the green room, we're going to bring you on in just a minute. But this kid was a WWE troll that just so happened to to get himself on a couple of popular YouTube channels. And he started to get a little bit of a following. Um, but anyway, when this Vice News stuff broke, Lewis says the Vice News, uh, interesting with eyeball emoji. Um, okay. He said Vice has filed for bankruptcy and been accused of delaying paychecks and even outright not paying production staff and freelancers. That is true. That is actually happening. Uh, Here's where he fucked up. <laughs> he goes, they built their brand on essentially essentially attempting to expose WWE and its stars through dark side of the ring. But it's now emerged that they were treating people pretty badly themselves and is filing for bankruptcy. This little shit has no idea how television works. No. And after he sent this tweet, a ton of people went after this kid. And then it turns out that this kid has been a creep. For the last year, he's been DMing fans and other female media talent, uh, female media members, wrestling media members, all kinds of gross stuff. There was one tweet is talking about banging a pizza, um, just a, lo- a lot of nonsense. But I just want, I just want to do a victory lap on this show, saying, hey, we knew this guy was a creep from the beginning. He was an asshole, and um, and we've been saying it. We said never go full Dangor, and that has taken on a whole new meaning. Go ahead, JD. Well, it's sad is because we just plan on this being like an official bit. Like, yeah, we plan like we do it all the time because he just says dumb shit constantly. But now we can't even do that anymore. And I was really, I was really fired up about this the other day. <laughs> but then, you know, my dog almost died, and my dad's got spine cancer. It really put things more in line for me. I'm like, what do I care what some dork in the UK ruins his life with? But here's what got here's what's got me. Is this guy has, has he's a he's a fraud. 
right? He is no different than like your WWE Garrett's and your Nickel or whatever the hell that guy's name is. He's an internet troll. But he had a blue check mark. So mm-hmm. Stephanie Chase, who I, I'm not terribly familiar with her work, I've seen her here and there. She used the term little brothering. And I, I, I saw that. I went, hmm, I've seen that before. About oh six, seven months ago, I, I, I postured a question on the internet saying, why does wrestling media tolerate this kid when he's clearly an idiot? Right. And at the time, I thought he was just an idiot and not just working a gimmick. Now I think he's an idiot who was working a gimmick of being a bigger idiot. And he's like, oh, you know, and this fightful guy, I won't name him because he's actually been a, a nice guy to us. I won't yeah. name him, but he's a fightful guy. And he, he showed up in my DM and my uh, my mentions. I DMs. And he's like, oh, you know, we all just kind of like him. He's he's got bad takes, but, you know, he's all right. You know, you know, he's uh he's like a little brother. The exact words. He's like a little brother to us. So saying us to let me know that I am not welcome in their circle, which is good. I don't care for them. So cool. Cool. Don't want to be wanting you guys to begin with. And uh, nobody gets hurt was how he closed that phrase out. Hmm. So it's funny, but then, and here's what's weird is that a friend of a good friend of ours, who again, I'm not going to out them because that's their business, not mine responded to one of those, like, Hey man, Fifel kind of, kind of gave this guy a bit of a platform. And then Sean Rossap, the biggest bully in the world when it comes to Twitter, I'll say his name. He's a public figure. And if you disagree with him, he already he claps back to anybody and calls you weird. You're weird. He'll say stuff touch, like that. He'll say touch grass or touch, touch grass. Consens- consensual yeah. cheeks. Or he's a very woke guy, but he'll tell you that you get no bitches, which is not very respectful to women. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's funny how that works out because he's a hypocrite too. And like, and he basically uh, verbally lashed out at a friend of ours. So I messaged him like, good, you stand up, fight the good fight. Um, I'm, I, I like it. And you know, it makes me laugh because this is the guy who who likes to posture himself on the internet for going after dorks like Bill Body. And like, if you're stupid on his timeline, he will sick on he will sick his his fan base on you and attack you, right? But when someone rightfully points out that their platform talked about this guy and they legitimized him, right? And you have to understand. I'm not saying that the fightful guys are responsible for the crap that this guy did. No, absolutely not. No, this man no, is and this I, man and- made his own choices. Right. Yeah, and let's be and let's be clear. Nobody totally. thinks that these guys knew about no. these creepy DMs no. this whole time. This no. stuff came out like a couple of days ago, and a lot of Correct. people that knew him were were pretty shocked and horrified when they found mm-hmm. out. And it was fightful people, two fightful people specifically that brought this to light. So I mm-hmm. want to give them that credit. Absolutely. The problem is that they, and I say this because I had other fightful guys telling me oh, he's not a bad guy. They're little brothered. Ah, he's fine. He's just a kid. He's just dumb. Is so like you excuse behavior of someone who is in your circle. It's okay if they're an online troll because he's your online troll. But if anybody who didn't have a blue check was pulling that shit, you'd have buried him, right? And we have a friend again, not going to name names. It's their business, not ours. Who got in trouble for publicly shitting on the guy? And like, ah, why are you doing that? He's okay. He's fine. Everybody loves him. He's just a fucking idiot, but he's our fucking idiot. So we think he's funny. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm the only person being like, this guy is a fucking fraud and he's a clown and he says dumb shit all the time. Why do people tolerate this guy? And it reminded me of like that kid you like to laugh at, right? There's always like that guy in class you like to point at and laugh at. Ha, that guy's stupid. Let's laugh at him. But we'll keep him around because we like laughing at him. 
And then that guy gets a bit of an ego, right? And he lets that little bit mm. of that blue check mark, that little bit of power, all of a sudden he gets to play fucking games with people. So to pretend like they didn't participate in boosting this guy's online credibility is bullshit. Own up to it. When you fuck up, when you mess up and you back somebody who's a bad person, you got to get introspective and say, hey, you know what, man? I read this situation wrong. I did the yeah. wrong thing. That was that was a mistake. I'm sorry. Instead of clapping back at people who point out your mistakes and getting defensive, it's real easy to point a finger. It's a lot harder to be introspective and to go, "Hey, maybe I screwed up." So I'm gonna leave it there. And I'm I, the more I think about it, the more pissed off I get. Well, I you know I, I completely agree with you. I, I think the whole situation was mishandled. Um, but you know what? Uh, I'm I'm glad that this guy got canceled, but I'm kind of sad for our show Good. because it's kind of it was kind of funny the never go full Dangor. Uh, I know, people, I know. We people tag us at people were they tagging do. us when he was saying dumb they stuff. Do. They were. So and I, I really like that uh, you know our, our buddy Brad and Doc Preet. They every time Lewis would say something stupid, they would tag us in it because we were you know we were the ones holding him to account. So I just want to you know do a victory lap. Say hey, we knew he was an asshole the whole time, and uh, we were right. And um, fuck him. <laughs> that's right um well we have a special guest tonight sorry <laughs> justin my bad we, we, we yeah, jd hi to you too <laughs> hey justin what's up brother i'm a little i got a little i was like all mellow when mike started the show and then he went right <laughs> right into it and i'm like oh i don't know if i'll be able to get myself up for this like i was before you yeah. know the oh, mike no. let me in the room and you were like fuck him <laughs> and it was me yeah Ugh. well and we were we were hoping to have a nice fun chat about noah because Noah's got a ton of cool stuff going on. So, mm -hmm. uh, and it's been a while since we got a chance to talk to you about Noah. It's really been since the uh, the Muda show. Um, yeah. And see, it seemed like you know they were kind of like um, rebuilding a little bit and setting some stuff up. And uh, and some of that stuff is coming to fruition. So um, we just saw this week that uh, Access reunited. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Josh Barnett is in the promotion somehow. Jake Lee's reign continues. Wagner three is a badass. So let's go and get started from the top, man. Let's talk about this Axis reunion. That seemed to steal the show that night, huh? The Axis reunion. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know too much um, about the context, which that's to be explained. But I know that at the end of this month, Keno and Nakajima have a match scheduled for uh, Shinjuku Face. There's there's a dude so. who used to do articles for this website that wrote a really good piece on the history of of Axis Nakajima and uh and uh, uh Go Shizaki. Oh yeah, like, that's right. Plug yeah. my own we, plug my own for yeah. so, I'm JD, sitting here. JD, why don't you provide some of the context cuz I'd like to clip this for YouTube and, and educate some people. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this, so I would have read yeah, my it, article again if I had realized that. Mike, <laughs> sorry. You put me on the spot like that. No. Um <laughs> so this is a pre-pandemic you know, the old, so this is Ledette era, Noah. Axis was um, probably the top team in the company, right? And you had Go Shizaki and you had uh, Katsuhiro Nakajima, two guys who um, both had a lot of promise early and both had the tag of not being the guys to really have made it, right? They're just, they thought to, they never, neither guy really achieved what they did, but together as a tag team, they were awesome. Right. They were fantastic. And then during the pandemic, during Goshizaki's just epic run, he's having these fantastic matches in front of, unfortunately, nobody because it was 2020. They split. And it was um, I wrote this big thing about the team and the, the, the their divorce, basically, and, and Nakajima joining Congo. And they just had this freaking epic title match. Mm. 
mm-hmm. in uh I believe it was November of 2020. And it was just yeah. man, it was it was my of that of that early pandemic era to, in 2020 when the world was uh, not a great place to be. Like the Goshiyazaki title run in Noah, and specifically this match with Nakajima, were probably the highlights of the year for me. Like this was them getting back together again after Go's been out for a long time with shoulder, and that was the whole story of his title reign too. Is how much more can he take? His arms are going to fall off at any moment. And I thought it was working. I, I knew he probably had a bad shoulder. I didn't realize how bad he was until yeah. when he lost the title to Muda. We didn't see him for what eighteen months, something like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah he had surgery. While. Yeah, major, yeah. major shoulder surgery. So like the whole rehab back. and everything. And he's he's looking good. Uh, he didn't do that much in the match. He, he did just enough, but he also got pinned too. I, I think this is another story that's going to be explained, you know, in the next coming weeks. Uh, so we'll see, but it caught everybody off guard. Yeah. Yeah. So a little, little background, my history with this story. So I, at the time I had that combat Republic gig I was doing Mm -hmm. and that whole thing was built around me getting free fight codes. So (laughs) I was like, I was like, I used the website to like promote fight events and Noah at the time they were putting their shows on fight. And so, um, and then JD, by the way, the article, yeah, JD <laughs> wrote the article and then we tweeted it out and then we got free fight codes and we both ended up watching it. So I learned all about the buildup to the match, why it was important. And then, because if I went in there cold, it still would have been an awesome match, but having JD's do the research and provide that context, I went into it and then I, that's the moment that I became a Noah fan. Um, was was that main event match and it was all through you know jd's article me you know not working for fight but doing fight promotions o- online and uh and getting those fight codes and then just i just became a no fan i've been watching ever since remember how awesome fight codes were i miss those days yeah 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 they they ghosted me after a while <laughs> they, they did yeah so what's up with this uh josh barnett um funaki thing how did this come about uh, that is something that even I don't think even Josh knew about it. Another thing that caught everybody off guard, he got chonoed. He, um, <laughs> that was it's it's what it is right now. I don't know if there's anything uh, scheduled. I, there's probably an idea on the table, but I think it's being sorted out now. I don't know when, oh. or so I don't know where it would set happen the, either. Would you just set the scene? Uh, like what happened? Like what was Josh even doing there? And then all of a sudden, um, Funaki comes and. Talks to him. Well, rewind a little bit because Barnett was, I believe, scheduled to be in Japan anyway because he had a like a talk show planned with him and Akira Maeda and Kota Ibushi. Uh, so it was kind of like a, a special. He was going to be there for a special event. He was doing some press with Japanese martial arts press there. And I believe, I don't know who, but he has lots of contacts um, within Noah. I know he, he's uh, Timothy Thatcher's coach and worked with Hideki Suzuki and he, he knows everybody so I think he was asked to do some special guest commentary for the big show at Sumo Hall and they brought him in during they brought him in at first during the Masakatsu Funaki Shinya Aoki GHC martial arts rules match which is basically like UWF UWFI mm-hmm. style point style no pinfall submission only TKO only uh, five points starting and uh, if you had a rope break or something like that, you lose a point. Uh, they had a good match, and then afterwards, Funaki got on the mic, challenged Barnett. He said, sounds good to him, and 
I guess we'll have to wait and find out when and where uh, yeah. and under what rules, too. I think, I don't know. It seems like it would be mm. what martial arts rules. I don't know. GHC martial arts rules, but. I mean, that's a perfect fit. Josh Barnett, with what Noah is today, with you got a lot of the older um, MMA slash uh, Enochism style guys kind of having their resurgence over there. I think that Josh Barnett is a perfect fit for what you guys are doing over there. And that's, it's a big, that's a big pickup actually, but yeah. we got to see what happens, but I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I've been I mean, surprised that he hasn't been picked up before. Like I, I know he was in new Japan a long time ago and he had made it into the Tokyo dome at one point. And then he's just been doing commentary and doing some pro wrestling and fighting off and on. Um, he can't really stick on with any MMA promotion despite, you know, probably still right now he could probably hold his own with just about anybody out there. Um, but yeah, Noah is a good spot for him. I love this fit. I mean, I don't know how, uh, I think it just might be like a per diem type thing. I don't know. Right. If there's like, and that's how it works with a lot of the contracts, especially with foreign talent over here. I don't know. Some talent signs contracts that are for a more extended period of time. Some people, they might be in town for another tour and get brought in for a couple shows and you get a couple of days work. So it's all different for each talent. And I don't, I wouldn't say he or other certain talents are in Noah rather than working with Noah right now. Mm. I mean, there's a Got lot it. of guys that come in from like uh, the local companies too, Dragon Gay, Zero One, and such. So it's kind of more like an open, like a revolving door. Like it, if you know we want to do business, come through, and that's it. That's that's when things making Noah cool right now is that there is no just set roster. Like guys will come in and guys will come out. Like I really enjoyed the dragon gate connection that they had going on for the past year. You know, Ada is such a scuzzball. And I just love <laughs> seeing him show up and just be grimy and have awesome matches at the, at the junior level. And I, I, I think that this, um, this relationship that's worked out. I like Jake Lee's new stable. Like, I think it's, it's such an interesting mix of guys. Like, this is we talked about how the Muda show was kind of like the end of an era of Noah and something new would have to emerge from that. And I think what's coming out from that has been really interesting. Like this is the best like you and I, Justin, have talked about Jake Lee for years. Mm. Right. I think this is the best version of Jake Lee we've ever had. Like he's far more interesting here <clears throat> than he was in all in either of his incarnations in all of Japan. I love the Noah version of Jake Lee. And I think that we're starting to get some really interesting matches in this, like this title run. Is becoming it's becoming interesting. I, I thought I thought maybe he would just be a transitional champ to somebody else, but it seems like Noah's really kind of going all in on Jake Lee. And I I like where we are post Muto. What is the kind of vibe in the company right now? I mean, so far so good. I mean, it's still it's been what three months, two three mm -hmm. months like that. since then. Um, the spotlight is definitely on Jake Lee right now, and he's steering the ship, as we're saying. Um, he, see, uh, it's, it's weird because he def he has a very strong connection to fans of Japan. People, and especially women love this guy, but over here, get, dude. yeah, but I, I, and he's, uh, he's a lot bigger than Japanese wrestlers. He's like six, three, right? Yeah. He's, he's about the same. He's around the same size as like Okada, like more like a, a big, uh, tall basketball player, swimmer or something. Not as not as like short stocky like some other guys. So it's a, a little bit of a different physique that you see. That was one of the kind of highlights that Marafuji was trying to bring up before the matches. Uh, he's smaller, but that actually makes him more afraid of me. 
that sort of strategy. So uh, with Jake, yeah, I think everything it's geared at from Noah's point of view. We got the N1 coming up in August, but I don't know what's going to happen at this altogether show. Cause that's more, that's less of a Noah mm-hmm. production, more of a joint production that new Japan is the lead on. Right. So, so Noah's just kind of supplying talent for that. Basically supplying talent for a new Japan show, really, right? No, not because there's a lot of other okay. people involved. It's more like it's more like <clears> that um that junior thing that just happened. That all star junior tournament. It's like everybody's kind of involved, but Noah's or uh New Japan's at the like, kind of leading it. You know what kind I mean? Of, right. Similar to the the Muda show, you know, Noah led that. Yeah, like Noah was like leading it. Yeah. So right. it's it's just I don't know. I people are less into like I don't know. Thinking one company is going against you, you know what I mean? It's not as much. It's not as a territorial, n- not territorial or like competitive mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. No, it's it's kind of why Japanese wrestling is awesome, especially when this stuff goes on, is because you can have these things. This would never happen in the U.S. ever, but here in Japan, <clears throat> it's not. Not frequent, but it's been more frequent lately than it has been, and it makes things interesting. Like the the idea of Kenta Miyahara showing up on a show with Tanahashi and with you know all the Jake Lee and these well actually Jake Lee and wrestled a million times, but I mean like with all these guys cross promoting, it just it's it's interesting to me. I hope we can get some cross promotional matches, and it's not just this is the Noah match, this is the All Japan match, this is the New Japan match. I hope there we do see some intermix. It's probably going to be tags, but that's fine with me. I just could see some cool mm-hmm. matches. So I, I just I like this idea that we can have something, you know. It's it's one of the things that makes Japanese wrestling unique. It's happening a lot now. I mean, yeah. uh, K- has been everywhere. He's the yeah. Dragon Gate Tag Champion right now. He's the All Japan All uh, All Asia Tag Champions right now. Um, he has matches coming up. Uh, him and other guys from Congo showing up in All All Japan. There's a lot of crossover there too. Suwama's going to be on a couple Noah shows coming up this month mm-hmm. and next month. He came into the show last week at Korokan and power bombed Kano. They have an ongoing rivalry be, going. I hope we get that match in Noah because I, you know, people would make fun of Suwama back in the day. Um, and just because he was just the champion in all Japan just forever, it seemed right. Um, but when I saw him in, in Noah at, at the Muda show, I was like, he was in that six man tag and he was the most impressive guy in the match to me. He was awesome. I was like, this I want to see great. more of this. I want to see more of this guy in Noah, man. He's, he's fantastic. That's just like people online spouting their opinions and then it spreads. And then yeah. people have an idea that it's, someone wrestles a certain way but he, he's always been like that he had a funny reaction to at, at that muda show he said at a press conference hey why am i i'm not in the main event against muda <laughs> or mudo yeah um but yeah i you'll definitely see more of the working together because the idea back to jd's original question it's the idea is that we're in a post muto world and the only real serious logical way to help the industry survive is to work together. You know, if a ship is going down, um, like you can't have clicks and teams while you sink, you're on the same ship. So it's, that's the mentality there. And why not, you know? No wrestling, especially coming out of the pandemic, which seemed to hit, 
Japan, um, Japanese wrestling specifically, a lot harder than the U.S. I mean, they just took their restrictions. The country just took their restrictions so much more seriously than the U.S. did, right? Like, they're in arenas, but, you know, they've been playing to, like, third full houses for years now, right? We're just starting to get back to normal. So these, these companies have to recoup some losses. So I get it. The best way to do that is to, hey, let's just do dream matches. Let's just do super cards for a while. Which, you know, as a fan, especially as a Western fan that, you know, doesn't get this stuff every day and does most of his, um, you know, most of the viewing is online or I'll talk to you and, hey, make sure you watch this match. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. I, I, I'm more excited now than I've been in a while for things like just this this front, this new frontier. Like I just it, I, I tend to think that some really great art gets created when things are bad, you know, and not to say things are bad, but like you're really coming out of some uncertain times right just the who today said ah covid's no longer a crisis we all we're all screwed it's here forever so yeah <laughs> might as well move on so that's you know for wrestling fans it's, it's a good thing wrestling is so much as we've learned wrestling is so much more fun with fans mike and i hosted an impact broadcast for a podcast for a while <laughs> with some of those empty oof, boy those empty arena impact shows were uh worth something they were, they were tough yeah they, they were tough um, you know, one of the major revelations this year um, coming out of Noah, I, I got to say, and I, I've been wanting to talk about this guy for a while because every time I see him, he just keeps getting better. And it's uh, uh, Dr. Wagner's kid, Wagner 3, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah Dr. Dr. Wagner Jr. Dr. Wagner Jr.'s yeah. kid. Yeah, Dr. Right. Wagner Jr.'s kid. Yeah. Dr. Wagner Eho. Jr., uh, the yeah. son of Dr. Wagner Jr., who is? I, I, I wanted. I like calling him Wagner Three. I, I want him to just do that. That's that's. Just, yeah, Wagner I think it looks better on a T-shirt. Yeah, there you uh, go. That's a lot, he, that's a lot I, easier. I, for uh, Mike, I completely agree with you. I think he is so much of what's been missing in like just a, a person of that size who can really kind of be be a heavyweight, but also work seamlessly with lightweight heavyweights and fly if you need to and have a straight up brawl if you need to too i think he's had a lot of variety in his matches and uh, his match this weekend was great i thought the finish was great i thought it was really cool yeah. with him and he, Becky suzuki um yeah he's been great yeah because I'll, I'll be honest when i first um started watching him it was uh, uh man it was um he was tag team partners with renee dupree the guy from la resistance mm. They like it was just like the most random thing. I'm like, how the hell did Rene Dupree pop up in Japan? But they were the tag champs there for a while. And then I watched the team and I was like, it's like, ah, oh, you know, they're not that impressive. But then he left, he goes back to Canada or whatever he's doing. And uh, you know, Wagner's by himself. And every like he wins the uh he wins the title, and every match he's had since he's won the title has just been, you know, tremendous. It's like one banger after another. He had an excellent match this week against the Deki Suzuki. Um, I think that. You know, he's a luchador that can work Japanese style. He can work lucha style. He can work American style. Like, I think this guy is going to be a big deal. I can't wait to see. He was the kid that was in the ring when uh, Psycho Clown took his dad's mask 2017. Yeah. So yeah, I remember he'll, that. he'll have his yeah. revenge because he's older now. He's a big dude. He's basically like he wrestles like his father, but he's bigger and faster. And he's really gotten over with the fans. He has that kind I think sometimes fans in Japan really want almost like the stereotype of what they think. And when it comes to wrestlers from the States, from Mexico, they want the classic look. 
they went from Mexico and they went the classic uh, luchador look with the Azteca kind of artwork style, just just traditional. Sean Legacy, that new guy, he has that white meat baby face, blonde hair, blue eyed, muscly kid, just superstar look. That the traditional look, kind of not uh, atypical look, but the complete opposite. So the Chadiers. <laughs> Johnny Ace was kind of more feeding into the idea. They didn't have the internet yet. I'm just you know what's so crazy about Johnny Ace? Johnny Ace, Lots. I heard do you know Bison Smith? I remember, remember Bison, Bison Smith. Smith. Yeah. I've I've heard the name, yeah. He was in Noah years ago. He passed away uh right. early. He passed away in 2011, I believe. There's a, a documentary on YouTube called Bicentennial that just came out about him. It's on it's free on YouTube, but he had he he was awesome. He was very much like if he was around today, people would be going crazy for him. But uh, he had a tryout with WWE, and the reason they found out later the reason why he didn't get the tryout was because Johnny Ace didn't like his hair because this kid had a mohawk. He was a big dude. And he had a mohawk. He was like Brian Cage, like kind of before Brian Cage. Like he was a big jack dude. He can kind of fly. Yeah, he was bigger. He was much taller. He's ex football player. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was great, but that was the reason Johnny Ace, uh, yeah, a dynamic dude indeed. Ugh. Johnny Ace, who famously hired the wrong one legged wrestler in the Zach Gowan <laughs> thing, what what an idiot! The fact that that guy survived as long as he did is one of mankind's greatest mysteries. Um, <laughs> what? Well, go, nah, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead. No, I'm okay. just gonna say you got. Uh, it, what's uh, what's coming up next in Noah that we need to be on the lookout for? Altogether, show is going to be next month. At the end of the month, there's going to be the smaller show, um, Kano and Nakajima. They'll kind of, you know, square their things away, square their business beat, away, beat the shit out of each other. Is yes. what they're going to do. Yes. Kenno's channel. I really, really, really wish this was translated into English because his cha- his YouTube channel is really making him hot right now. And actually, if you know, if you watch Explain. the past two big shows, it's he's just his charisma. He's just so freaking funny and uh, entertaining, and he's so popular from that right now. People are going to like live shows to see him. T- he doesn't, do, you know, he talks about matches. He's he's twenty four seven in character. Uh, I don't know if it can know that's actually just a, a name for King Fist or King of Fist or something like uh, very martial arts sounding. And he is, is very he's just a unique dude. Uh, and he's so funny. And the past, yeah, the past two big Noah shows, he's actually come out. He's kind of emceed, like almost introduced them, like getting the crowd warmed up. Um, he likes he has a, I don't know how to how do I translate it directly? He basically is saying he calls his fans shitheads. He goes, <laughs> come on, shitheads. Get ready and uh, follow me. See, Tekoi. Yeah. That's awesome. Follow me. That's it. That's his, uh, that's his <laughs> catchphrase. And he's been doing a lot of videos with famous martial artists. Like he did this Aikido video recently where he, or, uh, or uh, there was a guy he was training with like Jeet Kune Do, master and he'll learn these moves on his youtube channel and he'll actually incorporate them into the match like he learned this that's cool it, it, it people are not getting it because they're not talking about it in english commentary but what it's a huge part of 
some of it was the one match with him and Soya uh, when the, I think they won. Oh no, they lost the GHC title match to Kitamiya and Inaba, where he did the Bruce Lee kick that he practiced in the video uh, the, a couple days before. He was training with it's like a side kick. Uh, if you saw the matches from last night, he did the side kick again, the Bruce Lee kind of like a Johnny Cage shadow kick from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, he I know exactly that and, what you're talking about. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> he he does that. He does that, and he did it to Kiyomiya last night, and Kiyomiya flew into the corner. It's, it's, he, he's doing stuff like that, or he'll learn about some other martial art and uh, s- somehow try to either incorporate it or you know, teach about it. He's also, he has a license to be a middle school teacher. He's a teacher. So he's also been doing, when he has a big match, he'll do something called a nempio, like a, a chronological timeline of somebody's history. So when he faced Naito, he made a YouTube video that was like basically a Wikipedia of like in 1996, he did this and 2004, he did that. And he'll do like a half an hour explaining that he did a special one for his trainer, Jinsei Shinzaki last month in Tokushima, um, where he'll just kind of be a host. He's kind of has that host charisma, that host ability. Yeah. That's not coming also, across. That's not coming across. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, he's so, he's so likable. He's such a likable, cool, fun dude. And he's the stuff he says, he's just <laughs> he's a heel, but he's also uh like he's a cool, he's a cool heel. Yeah. He's justified. He's just like yeah. uh he really like recently in one of his videos, he'll sit down while everybody's cleaning up after the show and he got on he has like somebody filming him and he, he accused Nakajima of being a traitor and Goshiyazaki of being a uh, company like in, like a theft, uh, a thief, because he he's been away for two years just stealing money from the company, and that's all <laughs> yeah, he that's, is. That stuff, st- yeah, man. That I feel like I'm. Missing there's out. a lot of there's a lot of nuance, and there's a lot of story that they bring. Uh, to we're trying to do it with the videos. We're trying to do it with some stuff on the website. It's just understaffed. There's a lot going on, especially in Japan. So. Slowly but surely, like I I know it seems like it's been like a lot of change in the past couple years, but to be honest, there's like it's actually there's so much more that's coming, so it's just gonna take time. If you need an American video guy, I know somebody. So, (laughs) well, actually, Noah, all the production is done by Abema, just like how TNT Mm -hmm. does AEW. Oh, no, okay. I, I actually get no, I, I get a lot of I, I've gotten like requests to for production like for people it. like it, yeah it's but it's all a bit and there's actually something people I feel like they should know is like Wrestle Universe it is a cyber agent entity but in the Abema does the production, but Abema's budget is different from like cyber agent Wrestle Universe budget, so it's like there's a lot of working together, but like not like working for a certain goal with a couple different teams as opposed to everybody like WWE there's like a sales team they got their own they got their own marketing team in Japan you would hire an ad agency you would work with a television company it's they're both logical it's just different style of doing things so is i think Abema people do- oh, sorry. Hmm? 
No, no, no. no go ahead. Matter of no, so is Abima working with DDT and with Gambare and with Joshi, Joshi, yeah. Joshi Pro? Are they just? All I, of I, it, I never watched any of those other shows. That's why I was wondering. All of those are under the Cyber Fight umbrella. Yeah, and I knew they were under Cyber Fight, but I wasn't sure if if Abima was all just of them. working with Noah or if no, if they're doing nope. everybody's. So okay. everybody, Cyber, Cyber Fight contracts Abima to take care of all the production. Is that kind of how it works? More or less, yeah. And okay. I mean the the people I work with, I work with. Like my team consists of people from like different. It's not just Noah. It's Noah and it's Abema and it's Wrestle Universe and those are like three different. I mean, we're all it's on the same team, but they technically different entities. So it's right. there's there's it's just more. It's just a different business style. There's more red tape, bureaucratic, and you got to get okay from this department and okay from them. But we can't do that unless this person signs off on it. It's just a process. That's just how business is done. And uh, yeah, so sometimes there's a lot more coming, but it's going to take time for sure. It's interesting because there's nothing there's nothing like what Wrestling Universe really is in the U.S. So it's hard to like compare it to anything because it's like it's a net it's a network of promotions more so than a promotion that dominates everything. You know, Mm -hmm. it's different. Uh, I'm hoping to, you know, I hope it can turn into something like a channel like a BBC or NHK for wrestling. It has that potential. It has that um, power to do that. But also things like licensing and, and um, like it, it's the idea of creating your own content versus buying content, outside content. Mm-hmm. And I think the focus right now, because Obama's got stake in it too, is just to create as much, create, 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 and own it. But I mean, there's so much opportunity for channels to uh, air old stuff for passive income on like free TV. You know, mm-hmm. there's it's just, it just depends on company goals and aims. Yeah, I mean, it's kind kind of like kind of like Anthem, kind of how they do. They have uh, mm-hmm. they have their. Yeah, where they have their twenty four seven impact channel, twenty four seven fight channel, twenty four seven movie channel, they um they could do a lot of those things, and they do with uh, Pluto and mm-hmm. you know Amazon's free view and all that stuff. But um, hey, Justin, man, uh, we're gonna go ahead and let you go. We're gonna talk a bunch of AEW stuff, man. And we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, and next up, cool. Big Noah show. Let's link up again. All right. Yeah, uh, I think there will be the next. I mean, probably all together, but uh, this summer, this summer will be the big shows. And N one okay. is going to be. They're going to do three nights at Cork and Hall, and we should do that when N one comes up because G, you know, the G one always tends to dominate the conversation. But the N one has a lot of really great stuff, and it always does. So let's bring Justin on and really yeah. like talk N one when everybody else is, is absorbed in the G one. So yeah, let's do it. It's let's also it. just ten ten days, or and it's it's like two blocks. I think it's maybe ten or twelve people. More so, stripped down, simplified. It's yeah. stripped down, and the match, the matches are like twenty minute, thirty minute, good matches. Real, or there's weird right. surprises in the booking. I know everybody has an opinion on that, but there's a different uh, lineup this year, and there might be more outsiders. Who knows? There's been a lot of work between everybody, so yeah, that's a good idea. Cool, man. It'll creep well, up uh, take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, bro. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Like All right, everybody. Yeah, 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 that was great. Um, I love whenever we get to talk uh, Noah because, uh, you know, Noah, 
You know, I, I hate to say, I hate this term because people say it too much, but Noah gets slept on a little bit because does. New Japan dominates the conversation and, and stardom right now is, mm-hmm. is getting really hot in Japan. You know, they got the backing of New Japan. So, but Noah's still cranking out really good stuff, man. And I know they had a badass show this week. And so I wanted to bring Justin on to talk about it. Well, what pisses a lot of the, uh, I hate to say poro elitists off is that Noah has intentionally to differentiate themselves from new Japan. Noah embraces more of the, uh, the, the early two thousands Enochism stuff, right? Yeah. That's the niche that they've carved out. Cause again, all Japan has no identity, right? All Japan is just, it's just an indie promotion. It's Noah actually tries indie, to be, though. yeah, it totally is an indie new. Noah tries to be something a little bit different. It's not the Misawa era Noah, right? So when Misawa died, Noah spent, a decade plus trying to figure out what the hell it was right now they've kind of established themselves as they work with a lot of these mma guys and they bring in a lot of these old timers but they also have guys like keno who is the best strike pure striker in wrestling and i'm like and I, i'll be honest you mark and Stewart, i don't think are doing a good enough job telling the story that justin just told us because i watched noah and i'm like i didn't know any of this Right, I didn't like, know Keno had a YouTube channel. I mean, either. I'm like, this is stuff yeah. that I feel like as a Western. I mean, granted, I can't watch it as a Western fan, but I mean, like, I feel like that helps add to the character. We talk about mm-hmm. character all the time, and like, whatever you can do to differentiate yourself as just not a dude in the ring with tights is good. And you know, Keno Justin got to you know downplay this, but Keno's also nuts, right? Like he's he's kind of insane, like but like a different kind of it. Like he's not like ah crazy, but he's just kind of like crazy like different kind of crazy like i'm gonna <laughs> kick your face off crazy and like super controlling and like the n1 match two years ago with him and nakajima was just oh my god fantastic so i definitely want to bring justin out when the n1 comes around this year because i have no idea where they're going to go with it which is what's yeah. interesting about Noah. like who knows what the direction is who's going to be the guy to to take jake lee i don't know that that's what's kind of cool yeah yeah lots of cool stuff coming up for noah um speaking of insane AEW, um, they're showing Wembley, dude. Um, cu- coming up later, I think in August, they they they're pre-sale. They've already sold over seventy thousand tickets, dude. Like this this thing is becoming a monster. This isn't. This is. I believe right now we are the second. High, I think it's the the first or second highest grossing outside WWE event ever. Right. I think it's. I uh, yeah. I think. You know, they're going to have to, when they do the math, the historians are going to get together and account for inflation, right? Right. And so they're they're, they're going to do all of that. Yeah, you, you have to for context, right? Because a million dollars today, you know, was it a million dollars, you know, a hundred years ago? So you have to, you have to do that. But as far as attendance goes, like, this is just an absolute monster. And then, of course, you add all the money that's involved. Like, AEW really hit a grand slam. Mm-hmm. They really not not Grand Slam. That's a different event. No, I mean they, they really. <laughs> I mean, Dave Meltzer was saying they should run more stadium shows because they have not run one in the U.S. The closest they did was those Arthur Ashe shows. Like Dave said back in 2021 that they screwed up, or 2019 right away. He said they screwed up by not running the original All Out at Soldier Field because they could have sold it out, and he's right. They could have, but now stuff's been played over here, and you only get one chance to make a first impression. They're going to make a hell of a first impression when they get out yeah. there. They're going to have like 75, 80,000 plus people when they get there. I don't know if they're going to sell the thing out. That's a hard ask, but it's incredible. Like, I know there's people that are going to dismiss it for whatever reason because they like WWE better. Hi, Scott. Um, 
but it's 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 a massive massive undertaking to 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 pull this off without having announced a single match i mean that that's the that's the thing to me and that and that's kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about here for a long time the matches and the and the wrestlers they're not they're not as important anymore as the brand and the logo brand, right the and brand is AEW, the draw. AEW is the draw this mm-hmm. is the first time on on that continent and everybody wants to come and see it and now they just have to deliver and i think that they will well when it comes to pure wrestling their shows are always fantastic right especially the pay-per-views they're always really good i remember going last year into the door show people were like ah, i don't know this promotion's super cold and the door was like the best show of the year last year right yeah uh, all out was a good show the aftermath was a shit show <laughs> but like I think that this is something special. And I think that some to run two major shows like this on two different continents back to back weeks means you're coordinating something. And we've got friends that are telling us their TV deal. Like we all know collisions coming up. Their TV deal should be announced at the upfronts coming up on the 17th. And um, I think that they're going to, I think from what we're told, I think there's going to be some major changes into what this promotion is that will set it up for success for a long time to come, man. And it's exciting because that means they did it. That means they were able to become WCW. And that means is they actually are WCW now because they, <laughs> they oftentimes have the same mistakes that WCW had. But, yeah. you know, WCW never did a show with 70,000 people. No, no. Well, unless you count North Korea, but that, was that wasn't that was a show. WCW show. <laughs> know, and those people had no yeah. choice. They had to. That was a New Japan show. It, yeah, well, no, it wasn't even a New Japan. It was an Anoki thing, right? Because I don't think a, a New Japan endorsed the show. This was like Anoki going off on his own. That was my understanding um, yeah, I from I, from I the aforementioned Vice uh, documentary series. But um, I'm not sure. Um, so either way, it's I, huge. Yeah, there's a lot of chatter about them getting a big TV deal coming up. You know, with this collision, because of course you got to renegotiate contracts. So, and you're, if you're going to add two more hours of programming, that's going to cost a lot more money. And uh, they, they're they probably going to be very, very happy with the money that they're getting from a WWE go, or WW, WBD, sorry, going forward. Um, I what, The thing that's interesting to me is um, there's lots of rumors out there that, you know, this all-in show is going to be on on Max or HBO Max or whatever mm-hmm. they're going to be calling it. Um, and I, and I think that's really cool because they're, they're blatantly stating that this is not a pay-per-view. I think that's very interesting. And I think that, I don't think it's a coincidence that this talk has started to, uh, increase. Cause I, we've often heard, I've heard some stories. I don't know if they're legit or not, but I've heard stories that all their pay-per-views will move to max. Don't know if that's real or not, but I don't think it's a coincidence that WWE's uptick in popularity came when they moved exclusively to Peacock. Now you can sit there and tell me that Triple H is the greatest booker of all time and I'm not going to dispute the success of the Bloodline story. But it's a lot of it's the same stuff they've been doing for the last 2 years. The difference is their visibility is much much greater. And you mm-hmm. look at Peacock's don't look at their financial numbers because they're not good, but you look at their <laughs> no. outreach numbers and they're insane. So just so many more people have access and having access to a program is it only makes things go up like you and I cover impact every week. And you know, the biggest problem with impact is literally access, right? And, and yeah. it, it's either access or access, you know, the company, like at the, both of them are the problem is there, it's not in a lot of homes. So like you don't have a chance to pull in new people. So the fact that if this does happen, if they move to to max, 
I do think you'll see, I don't know if you're going to see a boom that who can predict that, but I do think you'll see an upturn with things yeah. and, you know, they got to, they got to get better, but it seems like Tony Khan is addressing problems with the company. Will Washington was hired to be, um, I don't know what his yes. title, I don't know what his title is. Yeah. Some type of creative well, position. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot, he's going to be in a lot of, um, we, I think he's just like an, ex, an administrator or an executive administrator or something to that effect, but he's going to be wearing a lot of hats. He's going to be helping with creative. He's going to be doing a uh, promotion sales, marketing, um, um, human or human resources or something like that. Talent relations is what they're saying. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought that hire was, uh, was pretty interesting and I, I like the hire a lot of, we have mutual friends of his, so mm -hmm. a lot of everybody has good things to say about him, but yeah. So with, with AEW possibly, you know, all in being on max and maybe all their pay-per-views going to max, maybe. I, I checked, I checked today and, um, discovery and HBO max combined. They haven't combined yet. The app. But the two separate apps together right now collectively have 91 million subscribers globally, right? And if that can become the the absolute hub, right, which means that AEW would have to pull their stuff off of streaming services around the world, or they can geotag it and just keep their deals that they have globally. But if you're looking at it, you know, if if they just go to this app that's coming up, this super app that's coming up, they have 91 global subscribers. Um, that puts them way ahead of WWE's pay-per-views because Peacock is only in about 22 million homes, I would say right now. So like uh, HBO Max or Max and Discovery Plus, like they're they're way ahead of, and that's going to give their pay-per-views a lot more visibility. Well, I mean, the math is fuzzy because like how many of those subscribers are doubled, right? How many of those, how many people have both well, Discovery and Max? Yes. Right. Yes. So yeah, I'm, but I think that was the reason why they changed the name because they didn't feel right. like there was a lot of crossover between the two. Well, that's right? true. Unless, Interesting too. Is like, yeah. they also said that um, discovery plus has a lot of passive viewers, meaning that like people buy it and they just keep it. Whereas HBO max tends to have a lot of churn. There's people that come in and out. Oh, game of Thrones is going on or what was the house of the dragons up. I'm going to sub yeah. for a couple months and then I'm out. Oh, last of us is on. Okay. I'm going to sub for a couple months and then I'm out. Because let's be honest, people like us are a little bit more uh, driven by what's on there as opposed yeah. to like someone who likes all the discovery shit and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it all. You know, mm -hmm. so what they want to do, and this makes, we've talked about this on the show, but I'll reiterate, they want a little bit of everything. They want what Peacock has and Peacock's platform. Again, it's, it's hard to draw the numbers because they're still in... <laughs> They're still creating, like Justin was talking about, they're they're in creation mode, right? Mm -hmm. They're just trying to generate content right now. But Peacock has sports, it has movies, it has TV, like it's a lot of everything. It's like its own cable network, yes. right? And it seems like that's the model Max is trying to go after, as opposed to what Disney has. Disney has its own thing, but it's really concentrating to what Disney does, right? Disney also owns ESPN Plus, so they're fine doing what they do, but nobody should model what Disney and Disney is doing with ESPN Plus and Disney Yeah, because they're they're the exception, not the rule. <laughs> they are exactly. And modeling, I think too many companies have tried to model what they're doing. And I think Peacock is an interesting model to do. I think that the only people that could really do it this way is Discovery because they have so much, but they mm -hmm. also I think they think that there's enough AEW fans that we'll jump on and we'll watch pay-per-views every month 
or we or monthly specials like you know if the battle of belts can be a real thing or something like that like again you need a hefty tv investment but i'm i already get max so you know i'm, yeah. I'm way more i'm again just because you pay it doesn't mean that's the end all be all is they want that network engagement the dollars mm-hmm. are nice but they want to be able to because they're in publicly traded company they want to be able to show how much engagement you have with it oh we have mm-hmm. our, our subscriber base has this many hours right and just having it is nice but i mean you want to show growth you want to show that people are, are interacting with your model because eventually people who don't interact with the model go uh eh, i'm gonna lose it much like myself and honor club <laughs> yeah um so aew dark so with the the ascension of collision right and the still existing rampage AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation have basically been canceled. They 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 are no more. And a lot Redundant. of the talent that was on those shows are probably just going to be featured on Rampage and Ring of Honor, and you know, doing undercard matches on the two big shows. I was listening to Lanza and, and Rich Krejci on Voices Wrestling before we did this show, and they compared what Rampage is to it's going to be like Velocity. Yeah, you know, yeah. a show like that, and they they actually had an interesting theory. They actually people will have a higher opinion of Rampage now because Ramp for so long. Again, I'm parroting here, but for so long people tried to say Rampage was SmackDown when it was never clearly that. No, right? It was always there. It was a B show. Tony said, "Oh, it's not going to be a B show," but like after CM Punk debuted, it's pretty obvious it's a B show. So now you mm-hmm. do have two shows again. Now Rampage can just be what Rampage is it just be matches, right? And that's fine if you just want to watch wrestling, which you know I, I'm I need a little more, but I know some people just want to watch good wrestling. So, you know, and, and enjoy watching local job guy versus you know local mid card or a mid card guy, and that's fine. Wrestling's always had TV shows like that. I might not watch. Yeah, it, but. yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I haven't watched Rampage in a long time. Um, <laughs> they have, you know, I don't feel like like I I am obligated to watch something that's not interesting to me. And Agreed. So, like, some people feel like they have because of by virtue of being a wrestling fan that they're obligated to watch everything, and I'm just not. That's just that's just not me. And some people will be a little bit snobby. It's like, well, you would know this if you watch Rampage. I'm like, I don't give a shit about Rampage. I'm sorry, guys. That's why um, by the that's why I subscribe to the Observer. It tells me yeah. everything I need to know when I'm not watching. What am I missing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You tell me. Yeah. Well, and that's why you know I just I just watch Dynamite and and that's it. And so. And that's not likely to change going forward unless they make collision super freaking interesting. Will I, I add to. that to my repertoire? Because I, I, I don't, I just don't, you know, it's, it's a hard ask to, to get somebody to fit two more hours because guess what? I have a lot of interest guys and I'm getting my MBA. You know, I, I got a lot of stuff going on. I got a full-time job. I got a family and now you're asking me to, to put in two more hours and I got to That means I got to take something out. Like I don't just have like more time. I have to like remove something from my schedule to fit it back in. And so, uh, and we'll, we'll see how that works out. I, I, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but um, I'm interested to see what collision looks like going forward. Now, if collision and dynamite get immediately posted to max, I, I think we're in business at this point. If we get all the pay-per-views and both TV shows, uh, you know, then I could just watch everything at my leisure and uh, with no commercials, that'd be fantastic. I think that we're learning. I think that we as wrestling fans obsess over cable ratings because they give us like instant feedback, right? This is the closest instant yeah. we can see. We like to sit there and pretend like what's working and what isn't. And we all like to, you know, try to sit there and go, okay, well, this, this is this, this is that, blah, blah, blah. 
and Dave will be the first one to tell you that ratings aren't everything, but everyone goes to ratings or, or everything. Like, again, AEW ratings have been down lately. The show's been a little bit, eh. this week's was all right, I thought, but like, the show, I know you didn't care for it. I think I liked it more than I, you did. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. I like, I actually like the, I like the, uh, the Adam Cole stuff specifically. That was pretty good. Um, I, I, I like that and it took a nosedive for me. <laughs> I actually thought the, uh, the outside, the outcasting was actually entertaining for once. But, anyways, this isn't a review <laughs> show. Um, right. We all look at, at a, a television rating and think this is the end all be all when in reality there's a lot of metrics that define success and we don't know what television networks want because again you have these dorks who are saying warner brothers not happy with tony their ratings are slipping <laughs> ratings are slipping ratings are slipping yet they're yeah. giving them more money and are happy and asking for more television programs but some guy yeah. who has a brock lesnar avi is going to sit there and tell me they know more so yeah Okay. Yeah. No, uh I mean yeah, no, they're they're they must not be happy, although they just gave them AEW all access. They they have rampage, they have dynamite, now we're getting AEW collision. Oh, and we're on the verge of striking a deal with their streaming service and uh and becoming just, just a huge 70, part of the portfolio. Seventy thousand tickets in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and it's like ratings is not really a barometer of it it's just the only the only reportable metric that we get on a regular basis mm -hmm. that we have to talk about, but it's not the only barometer of success. You know, we'll take, we'll take AEW like at the same week that they, the ratings dropped quite a bit. Um, the ticket sales for Wembley went up. Pay-per-view numbers have stayed strong. Mm -hmm. Big show, big show ticket sales are selling out all the big shows, right? Some of the dynamites are probably a little bit down and that's fine. But overall, every, everything seems to be up. Merchandise sales are up. Everything else is up. Um, WWE, you know, year over year, they're they're actually up uh, percentage by from last year. But they the have the only like, thing. They're the only they're the thing only that's thing. up. Yeah, right. They're the only they, thing. But credits. They're still. You, yeah, you got to give them credit. They're the only thing that's yeah. up. AEW is down, but I mean, like, they're still a top ten again in a week where they got kicked. Okay, they had seven hundred seventy six thousand viewers this week. Yielson yeah. was. It was number eight. Yeah, during the playoffs. So fine. What what else is going to take over that? Do you know how much it costs to run a movie? To for to, TNT to, to run for, to run a movie, just an average movie. Oh, oh thirty thousand. I I have no idea. Five million dollars. Oh wow. Mm hmm. Now you see why original. Why now you see the appeal of professional wrestling. Yeah, it's cheap programming that does good ratings. Right. And it's not always about winning the time slot. It's about staying competitive. Right. You don't miss. It's hard to win unless you're TNT and have the NBA. They're going to win. If you mm -hmm. have the NHL or the NFL, the NHL rarely wins. The NFL, you're going to win. The rest of the time, man, you're trying to stay above water. Yeah. Right. And it's expensive. Yeah, there's. Yeah, and so the point that I was making is ratings is a metric, but just because one that metric is down, you still have all these other metrics. You have ticket sales, you have merchandise, you have pay-per-view, you have international, you have all this other stuff. For for instance, Impact, right? Our old our old friends at Impact, they have sold out five out of six events that they've done this year. And they were just in Chicago this past weekend and they oversold the building. Um, mm -hmm. they had to keep creating more space and more space. Um, because they uh, for both shows and they actually sold more than they did their first time being there in years that last year right and they're going to be running six events there this year and they sold all that but their ratings are down like 13 percent year over year or no 38 percent in the demo 13 percent overall 
um you you can't really you can't really you know like they're not all interconnected all the time so you got to really you know the ratings are what they are they're not the most accurate way to measure things but there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of ways to measure success uh wwe right now are hot everything they're everything they're doing is hot so wrestlemania was watched by 35 million people worldwide that is in freaking credible mm-hmm I was gonna let you jump in and just talk. Oh, I was just agreeing. I, I I gave you an ellipses. Yeah. I thought you were taking it. Sorry about yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. No. It was I will take the ball now that I realize you're okay, hanging sorry. up. Um my bad. No, uh it is incredible, but then we talked about that with the access, right? Yeah, when you take off, when you take away the barriers of entry to things, you let them be experienced by more people. Now the argument is well, you make more money off pay-per-view, not anymore. Not anymore. And the reality is there's so much fighting for our attention. You and I host a podcast that's also a video show, right? That's someone's Mm -hmm. attention. That's time that someone could be spent watching Peacock. So in a way, we're competing with them. And it's it's weird to think about that, but it is. every Like uh, 20 years ago, Vince said everything is our competition. Everybody laughed at it, but he was actually a little bit ahead of the game in that line of thinking. And now so much vies for our attention, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the money and content is so much higher because there's so much else fighting for it. Right. So you have WrestleMania watched by 35 million people, 35 million people aren't watching raw. No, they aren't, but we also, but here's the thing. We also don't understand how passive people are with what they want to watch when they want to watch. Like you said, if, 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 if dynamite goes up on max, you'll watch it at your leisure whenever you want. I'm more yeah. likely to do that too. So I mean, we just consume media differently, but it's easier for us. And because again, we have this idea that the networks, do they care more about live? Absolutely. But we have this idea that they don't care about plus three plus seven when they do. They, they right? absolutely do. They yeah. do. They do care about plus three and plus seven. So if they didn't care about plus three and plus seven, they wouldn't put stuff in streaming platforms and they get rid of And that's so funny. They get rid of stuff that nobody watches and people get really mad. Well, they're getting rid of this movie that I love. Well, it's like, well, have you watched that movie lately? No, I haven't watched it in nine years, but I just felt good <laughs> knowing it was there, you know? Right. So I mean, like right. I get, I get these arguments. You have to, what's, you know, what's getting watched more on these streaming networks, new stuff. New mm-hmm. stuff is what people are watching because people do like their comfort food, but at the same time, they want something new. So, you yeah. know, it's always new pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Every wrestling is always new constantly. So like you got to, it's not the end of the day. It's not all about ratings. Ratings are important, but I mean, when those numbers start going down, when you're not seeing like ex- exponentially higher TV deals, then there's a problem. But I mean, until then, you can't get. I mean, like we, I, I could go on the Discord and get all worked up about like the numbers this week. In reality, they're signing a big deal. Like, okay, you get some mulligans when that happens. <laughs> yeah, well, especially that's reality. Going up against NBA and NHL playoffs, and I guarantee you, you know, I know Raw, Raw, and SmackDown are both up right now. But you know, you you put if you put LeBron James and against Steph Curry against either one of those shows that those are also going to take a hit. That's just the, the way it goes. And it's not that big of a deal. Like we need to stop focusing on this stuff so much. The reporters are still going to report it because it is news, right? But the discourse surrounding it is kind of bullshit at this point. Oh, that's why I love, that's why I love quote tweeting it. Whenever AEW's numbers are down, I go AEW dead because you know, people are always going to jump on it. Like, how dare you? Or of course they are. You know what I mean? 
because you uh, you enjoy trolling. You're not as committed <laughs> to it as others were committed to it. Yeah, being a constant troll. But I mean, yeah, because yeah. it, it is. It's once 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 the Wednesday Night Wars were over, this whole thing was over. Right? Wrestling yeah. ebbs and flows. Like, and again, you're gonna you cannot tell me that a four way match that we all knew the end result of was more important than the NBA and NHL playoffs. It wasn't. We have to stop pretending like it was. And like the market understands that it wasn't. So, I mean, like it does. I mean, like I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but I mean, like at the end of the day, is the media partner happy? The answer is clearly yes. In this case. <laughs> yeah. And AEW's media partners happy. WWE media partners are definitely happy. They're um, not so much MLW. No, no, we're going to get to MLW. Actually, we're, we're over an we're hour now. Time. We went, we went a little bit long, so I'm just going to run through some news stories and we'll just do some quick hits. All right. And we'll, we'll close the show out. Um, LWO top merch seller uh, for three weeks in a row. Uh, and I wanted to bring that up because I made fun of the, of the LWO being brought back because LWO was not an overact in WCW. It was kind of a lower card comedy act. And it was a racist thing from Eric Bischoff just to get Eddie Guerrero to shut up. And turns out, like all these years later, they might have a hit on their hands with this LWO with um with El Hijo de Fantasma and uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. I use their Lucha Libre names instead of their WWE. Appreciate names, it. So sorry. Appreciate it. <laughs> sorry. King Cuerno. Uh, yes. Yeah, King King Cuerno. Yeah, he was King Cuerno. That's right. He was yeah. King Cuerno. Yeah, yeah. Lucha yeah. under show some respect. Lucha Underground alums Rey Mysterio and King Cuerno are the top <laughs> yeah. merchandise sellers in WWE. What a sentence. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, go figure. I never would have thought this in a million years. And Eric Bischoff scare, scamming people out of money with Conrad to watch his old man wrestling podcast. So, you know, sometimes you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, well good good on LWO, man. I'm, I'm yeah. happy that everybody's liking that stuff. So, and uh, LWO's got a big match this weekend because Bad Bunny has kind of joined up with that group. And uh, Bad Bunny's taking on Damian Priest uh, for Backlash in a San Juan street fight in Puerto Rico. I'm looking forward to watching that. I'll be watching that match, definitely. Um, so much money. They're going to make so oh much God. money off that. It's oh. it's ridiculous. Dude, they're making stupid money. Um, stupid. And they're going to sell like so many ads on that show. It's going to be ridiculous how much money they're going to bring in. Not only for them, but for the local economy there in San Juan. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Um, they're paying real quick. These, city, these cities are paying site fees for WWE oh, yeah. to come there to have their shows. I mean, like, this is. This is why this is why Clash of the Castle was in Cardiff and not in London. Yeah, because Cardiff paid the money. That's the truth. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, that's what AEW wants. They want to get big enough where cities are paying them to come. They ain't there yet, but that's got to well, be the long term goal. Well, the Wembley show will help them get there. Correct. Yeah, uh, because it's because now this is going to be such a cultural phenomenon there. Um, the people are going to be like, they're going to know AEW. This is them introducing themselves to that region, and I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to it. Um, real quick, uh, Gable Stevenson, U.S. Open Championship, he beat the shit out of everybody. Man, Gable Stevenson was off for 13 months. He basically was retired. Here's the reality. He has not been training at the PC for a long time. He has been back in Minneapolis training with the Gophers. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I couldn't hit mute there. Um he came back out of retirement, whooped up on Mason Paris in the semis, who uh, was a national champion here for the University of Michigan. Not only was he the national champion, he won the Hodge Trophy, which is the national, which is the NCAA wrestling equivalent to the Heisman. Paris mm -hmm. won it. He shouldn't have won it. Spencer Lee would have won it if that whole thing, but that's a different story. Like, but he won it. Paris won it, and Gable beat his ass. 
like just beat him down thoroughly. <laughs> and then he went and wrestled five-time world team member Nick Wazdowski in the finals and teched him, you know, which is what he did a couple years ago. Gable Stevenson was the best heavyweight in the world. And I'm saying this because he won the Olympic title. Not only did he fluke his way into an Olympic title, but he was far and away the best. And he could very well far and away be the best. He is absolutely probably the best United States rest, uh, heavyweight of all time. And like the fact that he is back is crazy. And Dave talked about a story in the observer this week of Gable wanting to make his college comeback. Cause I believe because of COVID because of COVID all the eligibility for the NCA is crazy. There that, are so many guys was, right now. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get into this real quick. Yeah. Everyone who has, everyone who went through the COVID year got an extra year put onto them. So this year you're seeing a lot of five-time NCA All-Americans. You're seeing a lot of guys going for their sixth and seventh years of competition. It's It'll never happen again, but because of the circumstances with COVID, they're letting, they're letting guys come back. And I think Gable has another year of eligibility, which shouldn't be. Under the old rules, when he left, it would have been done but I believe he still has a year left. Now what he, the story that Dave told is that he wanted to do his comeback at the, at the meet against the university of Iowa and just come out in a hoodie. You can tell the guy's been on pro wrestling for a while now. And he wanted just to kind of come out in a hoodie and then throw it off. They go Gable Stevenson and then shock. Now what that didn't happen. Um, the Iowa coach is a jerk that people don't like. So that would have been funny, but that would have been against Tony Cassiope, who was my former athlete who is a three-time, four-time All-American for the University of Iowa. His brother just started coaching for us this week. So, yeah, Tony wow. was my guy in high school. So that would have <laughs> that would have killed me personally to see that. Right. Um, I'm hoping that Gable is, does not come back for a college, but you never know. Um, I definitely think he's I definitely think he's going to make a run for 2024. I don't think you will ever see him in a WWE ring. I'm just calling that right now. No, it didn't seem like he had the aptitude for it, and that's okay. Um, I, Bobby I, does. I th- His brother yeah, Bobby does. does. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And and more power to him. I I Gable think Kemp. I'd like to when Gable's done. I I'd like to see him try his hand at MMA, um, and see see if he'd be good at that. Um, Tam- Tamra Mensa Stock signed with WWE. Real quick, what's your thoughts on that? Perfect signing for them. She's a fantastic athlete. She um, was really, really good. And she's got this big, bubbly personality. <clears throat> Tamira is like loved in the wrestling community. Like she's, she's so good. And when she won that title, everybody was just like, was like uh, on pins and needles. Right. And then she gave her speech and people were like getting emotional. Like she's real good at making connections with people. I think. If she has an if she has an aptitude for what goes on in the ring, I think she's got the athletic ability and I think she's got the personality. Now the now the idea is can she connect it? Because she's a she's a better athlete, and just being able to do some gymnastics doesn't necessarily make you a great athlete. No, my daughter every, can do gymnastics and she's four and a half. Correct. Like <laughs> everyone they have there now is just doing j- stupid gymnast stuff. Like she's an athlete. Tamara's an athlete. Yeah. Like if she can, and she's got this, I tell you, man, this personality is going to shine through. If they can connect all the dots, she could be an absolute game changer there. I'm very excited about that signing. I really am. I think, I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what she can do, man. Um, She's awesome. Uh, CM Punk showed up at impact. 
Um, this was kind of a nothing story, but a lot of people, you know, CM Punk just kind of making his rounds, showing up backstage at places uh, just randomly. He was at Raw the week before, and he shows up at Impact. Uh, he's friends with Lou D'Angeli, uh, signed guy Dudley, and uh, I'm sure he's friends with some of the wrestlers there. You know, he's been around a long time. A lot of those guys have been around forever, so uh, he was just there. He ended up playing Uno with a lot of people, and then uh, he took some pictures of the crowd during uh, Trinity's entrance, and uh, Trinity, man, um, I, I gotta say, I, I watched, I watched her debut last night. What'd you think? What'd you think? Uh, so I, I think it's typical impact. Um, I thought that the show itself and BQ brought this up in the, in the brace for impact chat. Um, the show itself reminded me of one of those slow dragging shows that we saw whenever Kenny Omega debuted with the exception of Mike Bailey versus Jonathan Gretchen wrestling for the fourth time. However, there was no real stakes to their match, so they were just kind of having another really good match, and that's fine. Um, but they did a lot of WWE stuff leading to Trinity showing up. But what they did for Trinity, because there's a look, I was just one of those guys when she was in WWE as Naomi, I thought she was okay. I I never really you know. thought she was all that great. They had the whole give Naomi a chance campaign. I kind of laughed at that. I was like, what, you're going to put Naomi above Becky and Charlotte and Bianca and Sasha Banks and Bailey. Like, no, she's she's behind them, I would say. They made this woman look like a mega star. It, it, like, it, I, I, it was like seeing a, a totally different wrestler. She came out. She was confident. She cut a great promo. She looked great. The entrance music was awesome. The The entrance, the lights. Um, they built her up the entire show. Like, stay tuned. We got Trinity coming out. They kept saying it over and over again. I'll love what you would do in WWE, but I think this was in a good way. Um, and then she came out there and just cut a great promo. The fans were just chanting for her nonstop. Deanna Praza confronted her and said, uh, you know, if, uh, if you mess with me, you won't have the chance to walk out. And I thought that was a great line. Um, and then uh, Trinity clapped back by saying, well, you know, I, I'd rather walk out than get fired like you did. And so it looks like that's looking like well, that's the next match we're going to get. So um, I, I thought that was really good and clever. Um, and then, of course, she ends up having a match with the Kyle and King. I think here it's going to be aired in a couple of weeks. So um, but uh, I, I think they got something with this Trinity over there in Impact. So I'm really excited for them. They needed something. The show's been so void of of interest for a long time, like part of the reason we switched over is because that show just got harder and harder to review every single week. And it sounds like outside of the Trinity stuff, it was pretty standard impact, which is what hurt the yeah. Kenny Omega. I, I went, I just went to Jedi Goodman's. I was, what are you toys? I want to call him Jedi, Jedi yeah. Goodman's Twitter page. Um, nothing for how impact did last night. Do you know anything? I'm wondering if they were up or I, well, I, they, we they just talked not, about we just talked about ratings really don't matter, but now I want to know yeah. what the ratings were. <laughs> I know, I know they they didn't chart, uh, but they went head to head with uh, LeBron Playoffs. James versus Steph yeah. Curry. That's, yeah. yeah, like they Curry. they literally started at the same time. So um, we, I thought they were going to be up because of that, but they literally started at the same time. So um, you know we'll, we'll 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 know the numbers in a couple of weeks, but uh, eighteen to forty nine, they didn't make it. That's a bummer, but again, it's it's reality. Like Steph Curry and, and LeBron James, like you couldn't have a worse. You could not go against anything worse. No, no, no. The two biggest stars, I would say, arguably the two biggest stars in all of, of this American generation. Sports. Oh yeah, yeah, this no, American, yeah. No, just, I 
Yeah, I of agree. American sports. I, yeah. I would say it's it's LeBron and Steph Curry, and it's one of the most heated rivalries. And it's the Lakers and the Warriors. So you got mm-hmm. all that. Um, the the Warriors, you know, the best team of the last decade, and LeBron is on a good team during this last decade. So the last couple of years of his career. Um, and uh, man, we we had so much more. Real quick, uh, MLW moved to Fight Plus. They're off of reels. Um, so the uh, the MLW versus Impact War is over. And uh, they start on Fight Plus in July. Impact survives again. Uh, you can't look if you come at the Kings, you best not miss. You know what Impact's really good at doing? Surviving, not dying. Yeah, they don't die. They're <laughs> vampires. The vampire promotion. Yeah, um, you know Paramount. Uh, Paramount is a shitting the bed, um, and um, they're trying to unload Bellator right now. And uh, I talked to Ryan Frederick about this, and I reached out to him because. It seemed like there were some some signs pointing towards maybe Anthem Sports. So I asked for his insight on that. And he said, that is that could happen, that Anthem could purchase it, because Anthem is in the markets to purchase a MMA company. But what he's saying is that uh, ESPN, Disney, and UFC uh, might collectively just buy that and then put it on ESPN+. And ESPN+, Plus might become a major hub for MMA. So stay tuned to End the Clinch on Monday. I think Ryan's going to have more information about that. I hope that doesn't happen because it's like mm-hmm. it's not a competitor anymore then. It just puts more stuff really under Dana's purview, which I don't think is yeah. good for the sport. But mm-hmm. them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. Look, UFC very much like there's a reason why UFC and WWE have merged because they're mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. UFC purchased Pride when Pride was on its ass, purchased Strike Force when actually Strike Force was doing very good. And, and that's the reason why they purchased them was to get them off the market. Um, and they also purchased a WEC, WFA, and uh, they've they've done a lot of those things. It's very predatory what they've done. And mm, uh, now it where, looks like they're trying to do the Bellator. Mm, where have I heard that before? Yeah. Yeah, but hey, man, we got through it. We finally were able to do it. Man, we had a lot to talk about. I want to thank Justin Nipper for coming on the show. Stay tuned for everything that Noah's got going on. And until next week, mahalo.